What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Weirdos. You now say, give me one clean one. What? No, clean. Give me one clean one. What's happening, weirdos? It's a little loud. It kind of spiked a little bit. What's happening, weirdos? Sounded too uncertain. What's happening, weirdos? Do it like audible. What's happening, weirdos? Oh, wow. What's ha- Yeah, what's happening? Welcome. You mean like this audiobook? This audiobook. That peaked. That peaked it for sure. Hey, do you want to come see me do stand-up, Valerie? Mm, no, thanks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, if, if you guys aren't like Valerie, you can come see me September 9th. That's the only date That's I have today. right now. Oh, shit. That is, that is today. <laughs> Fudge. Fudge unlucky. <laughs> Let me tell you when the next one is. Um, October am... 7th okay. is the next living at Largo. Thank um, you for catching that. I didn't know what day it was. I actually am coming to see you do stand-up tonight. You're coming? Yeah. Oh, I just thought you weren't going to come. I was bummed. Yeah, I have to meet you there, but I'm coming. Wow. Okay. And then the next one is October 7th, and they're always great. And Largo-LA.com for tickets. This is We Made It Weird. I'm assuming some people who haven't been listening to this podcast might be listening to this one because Chris Martin was a big guest. And this is the Friday episode where Val and I uh, chat. So Val is my wife. Yeah, that's me. I'm Val. And it's always, I mean, not to say Chris Martin again, but he prefers the Friday episodes. Ooh. Ooh. So if it's good enough for Chris Martin, I think it's it's good enough for whoever you are. (laughs) Oh, my God. You are the devil. And I love it. Uh, We, we, uh, as you probably know, we don't do traditional sponsors on the show. If you want to support the show, why not try one of the things that we actually use and actually love? We call them Pete's Picks. Uh, So these aren't just random products. These are things that we actually use and love. So if you want to support the show, support the show, uh, try one like Ritual. Ritual multivitamins, how I start my day every day. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What you won't find, sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh minty taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. Especially for me, I'm taking these on an empty stomach, and because it doesn't break down until it's in your lower intestine, not only does that mean your body can actually absorb these vitamins and you don't just pee them out like so many others, it's uh, not going to make you nauseous if you're taking it on an empty stomach, which is super important. I start my day on an empty stomach with my ritual makes me feel ready to start the day. A multivitamin, I think, should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in the diet. For me, uh, I'm a vegan for the most part. That comes up in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So I'm often lacking B12. It's also hard for me to get D3, which is so important to your immune system. And Ritual fills in those gaps with no shady extras. Plus, you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to their Ritual one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now available for women, men, and teens, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different stages of life. Your 
multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping, and it's very minimal free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. Also... I believe Chris made fun of me for wearing me on these, and I showed them. He didn't make them. fun of you. He was just asking if you were wearing them. That's true. Yeah. And he almost showed us his underwear. Do you remember that? I, um, do I remember that? Okay. Take <laughs> it easy. Take it easy. Please. I'm pulling mine up, and you do not seem titillated at all. Mine are, you've seen them too much. Uh, Every deep, day. Deep Santa Red is what I'm wearing. Hey, me undies, it's fall, y'all. Time to replace your water intake with pumpkin spice lattes and go out of your to step on a crunchy ass leaf because the coziest time of year is here. So find your comfort in undies, loungewear, and more with Me Undies. Thank you, Val. <laughs> Really brought the energy down. Because MeUndies believes that comfort is more about about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. Val and I heard about MeUndies. This is a completely true. You'll know uh, because it's not that interesting. We heard about MeUndies on another podcast, and I looked at my underwear. It was not making me happy. It was not fitting perfectly. It was not super soft. It did not have fun patterns. And we just did a complete overhaul for both of us. 100% me undies. And after I loved it so much, I reached out and said, you want to be on our podcast because we can tell people we actually use them and love them. And they said, yeah, and here we are. Imagine, if you, don't, if you haven't tried them, the softest thing you've ever felt. Now imagine that same thing, but on your butt. You're now thinking about MeUndies. They're designed by the country's top softness scientists to be the softest thing you've ever worn. Oh, I want to be a softness scientist. I think you are. If you spoon me at night, you are. Aww. Period. From undies to loungewear, their fabrics are breathable, light, and almost irresistibly cozy. Really, you might not be able to stop lounging on the couch. You've been warned. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL. I always like to point out I get 3XL because I, I have a 40 waist and I get a 3XL. That's just how I like them. In a variety of classic colors and iconic prints, MeUndies will have your back and your butt all fall long. MeUndies has a great offer for listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. Akuna Matata. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. And show your support of the show. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. Yeah, dude. Last but not least, I was having a particularly stressful day and it's so nice to know that I have a plant-based ally for when I just can't kind of get in front of myself. Mm. I'm a little blocked. I'm not feeling joyful. I'm not feeling light. I'm not laughing. I don't have that levity that comes mm. up in this podcast inside of me. And CBD has been an incredible help in my life. I love that it is not a pharmaceutical. I love that it is from the earth. And Ned and company is a purveyor of great, great quality CBD. It is so high quality CBD. In fact, they don't even flavor it. It's just with a little bit of MCT oil. So that's all it is. Uh, CBD and MCT oil. The taste is super clean. I often take it at night to help me wind down, but I also take it during the day to help me ease into and flow with what I'm trying to focus on. It really helps me drop anchor into the moment and surrender into what I'm trying to get done. So it kind of you can have it both ways. Unwind at the end of the day, 
or lean into your productivity time during the the daylight hours. Uh, Ned is incredibly serious about where they get their hemp. It's not 150 acres of GMO corn and then a small patch of, of, of hemp. They find incredible dedicated farmers that are playing the plant's music, that are recycling worm beds and getting the soil, everything that it needs to get these plants into prime condition before it goes into your body grown in Colorado. I find it mood elevating. I find it stress reducing. I've always called CBD my happy juice. It doesn't get you stoned. Some people think it's like marijuana. It's not. It doesn't get you stoned or high or take you out of the game. You can work on it, focus on it, but it's also a great way to relax at the end of the day. And as a sober person, I find that incredibly helpful. So go to helloned.com slash weird or enter Weird. At checkout for 15, 15% off your first one-time purchase and 20% off your first subscription order and show your support of the show. Again, that is helloned.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for 15% off your first one-time purchase or 20% off your first subscription and show your support of this show. All right, everybody. I love this chat. As always, I feel better at the end of it uh, than I even did at the beginning. I felt pretty great at the beginning. That's right. So... Get into it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Two, three, four, chocolate cheesy. Yeah. She's a lemon squeezy. One of the things that makes me <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> one of the things that makes me sad is that we sing silly songs. Uh-huh. And then literally two hours later. You can be like, what was that chocolate cheesy, she's a lemon squeezy song? Yeah. And it's gone. And now we have it recorded. Well, that's what I'm saying. This One, is the song that Pete was Chocolate cheesy. And then he just hit record. She's a lemon squeezy. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not. It's not bad. It's ba- not bad. <laughs> okay. It's not bad. Okay, I don't, I, I don't know why we kind of inferred or implied, and then I inferred. Don't you hate when people do that? Yes. You implied and I inferred. Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying, don't you hate it when people get it wrong. Hilarious. <laughs> I do tend to be very hard when people get things wrong. Yeah. Didn't you say something wrong the other day, and then I corrected you, and I felt really bad? Yeah, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. It's like on Ted Lasso where he says Wonder Kid. Yes. And you're like, it's Wonderkind. Mm-hmm. Which is unfair because that's German. Jim, that's not even our language, darling. It is the, the ancestor of our language. Listen open that this. kombucha. Listen to this. I can't open it. I'll Hang do on. it. Oh, yeah. Oh. My hands are very moist. Do you hear the sizzling? Um, sizzling? The sizzling. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's... I, I'm it sticking with mistake. sizzing. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a, mistake. a mistake. It was a choice. It was a choice. Well, that's what a... Oh, my God. Is this an epiphany? I feel like comedy is mistakes on purpose a lot mm. of the time. Is you're like, I'm not accidentally saying sizzing. But like picture like I'm... And maybe I'm an immigrant. Maybe somebody that doesn't speak English is their first language. And I go, I open, I open kombucha and of course there's uh, there's sizzing. <laughs> Uh, I pour it, I pour it in the cup, you know, mm-hmm. 
you would kind of suppress a laugh yep. because I accidentally said sizzing. Yep. But if I'm a comedian, I'm like, you open that, you open that sweet booch. Yes. You savor that sizzing. This is you'd a be thing. like, oh my god, he's he's making a choice to say sizzing. Yeah. Same it's, thing. It's like, I mean, it's kind of like you say icky sticky nicky in one of your bits. Yeah, icky sticky nicky. He's think like. That's not a thing. That's not a phrase. Neither is uh, what any who's a loozle. I know. I love that one. I really adopted People, that one. You say it. Mm-hmm. I think we need. <laughs> I really needed any who's a loozle. It sounds so whimsical. It's like a Dr. Seuss. But phrase. that's what it is. It's like a, a way of checking in and saying, like, okay, I'm going to move on. Uh, what is it saying? Uh, we're moving on. I heard what you said. It was sort of inconsequential, but I'm not dismissing it. But I like- think it's it's because you usually say it when, or you uh, maybe you started saying it when you would like be saying something deep and like heavy or and or whatever, the and then you're like, "Any who's a woozle," which is when it's the funniest because you've just started talking you were just talking about like consciousness and right. whatever and then you go nah, any who's a who's a it's well that then in that case it's a reminder that you're like don't worry uh, we can still be silly and, yeah, and we can come back to come back to earth this for a has second. been coming up a lot because I went on a wonderful retreat it was like a girls weekend um, to Joshua tree a couple weeks I guess last weekend and um and it was just like by the nature of the women who were all there it was like very spiritual and I had my nine sort of Enneagram nine for first time listeners (laughs) welcome to the podcast glad you enjoyed Chris Martin this is the Friday edition (laughs) get Used to it. Get used to it. We talk about the Enneagram. Val's a nine. I'm a three. Even though Richard Rohr thinks I'm a seven, I definitely don't think I'm a seven. I think you're a seven for Richard Rohr. I think you're an enthusiast. That's, exa- that's why it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm an enigma. But nines love comfort. So I was really feeling my, and I get this when I go on actual spiritual retreats, like a real resistance to... Just going in and deep diving. And I get this kind of like, not bratty, but like a little bit of like a, a like petulant, like, like, I'm not going to go deep. Like, I I don't say this to anybody. At the retreat. In my mind. Yeah. If if for the first like few, like the first 24 hours of any sort of spiritual retreat, I get this very strong sense of like you can't make me go deep i'm not gonna go deep that's funny i remember that feeling going on every youth retreat because mm. it would be like a friday to a sunday which is really just two nights it's like friday you just get there have one worship service and basically go to bed yeah you have saturday and then you leave sunday yeah so it's like a really quick retreat that is great but by saturday night that like service that we would have, we would be on fire for the Lord. Oh wow! And Friday night, I would be like, "Nah, this is just going to be me and my buddies farting in Pringles cans and stuff." I think I felt that way too. I went to Christian summer camp fourteen years in a row, but it was five days. That's too many years in a row for literally anything. Yes, that's way too many retreats. I mean, in a row. I think I must underestimate how much that's shaped me because that's a lot of time spent. And it was that documentary, Jesus Camp. I hate it. Is this, are you going to say it was like that? 
Well, yeah, I was. But you I... mean, was it that extreme? Because I related to some of Jesus Camp, but we didn't have, we weren't like holding up fetuses and and no and crying like that that we weren't doing that but we were crying every night well the sin that i repented for every retreat was levity i hate that levity oh no there's one verse in the new testament that references and i don't even say this with any i'm not like that bitter about it just in case anyone listening is wondering how mad dad is on the drive to disneyland (laughs) everything's fine I'm very fine. I'm a very fine grape juice. Do you remember very fine? <laughs> no. Oh, that was a New England juice company. Mm. Uh, great um, iconic iconography. Like it would be like a very minimalist apple cut in half on a Ooh, white bottle. That's like very modern. It was very modern. And it was the 80s when we were like, what? And we were like, all the colors, all the shapes. That's right. Yeah. And they were like, no. No. And we're very fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, Very fun. There's, it's great. I just decided to start saying "jolly good" based on the, the crown. Mm, jolly good is great. You're allowed <laughs> to say it. It's jolly good. How fun. was it? Was jolly good fun? What's wrong with that? Why do I have to be British to say that? I say daft. You're daft. Yeah, that's it's jolly true. good. You're daft. I, I call it a lorry. I call you trucks lorry. Not call it a lorry. And a lift and a bobby. If you go up to a cop and say, "Excuse me, bobby," they'll still help you. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, you can't argue with that. <laughs> that's airtight if you're polite, logic. If you're polite, uh, and if their name is Bobby, you're double di- you're double dicked. You're double dipping. <laughs> you're double dipping in the dicking. Icky sticky nicky. Anyway, what I was saying was, there's one verse in the New Testament that specifically says coarse joke, coarse joking, or mm. something. Oh. And we, I mean, because we were always clowning around. I mean, doing tumbles, barrel work, balloon animals. Barrel work? I'm saying like clowns. Oh. Like like a rodeo (laughs) clown would hide in a barrel. Um, We were always looking for, like, kind of wanting ways to be like, well, that's my sin. And I would Mm. confess levity. Okay, here's what's redeeming it for me. I still don't love it. Especially because, like, levity is is truly a word that I use in, like, Intention setting, levity. Like, yes, yeah, it's a beautiful like, word. I'm There's always... a comedy club, Levity Live. Oh, love it! It's not called adult, adultery live. Like that's a sin. Yeah, <laughs> or seriousness live. Um, yeah, nobody wants seriousness live. That's just TED talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I really think levity is such a virtue. You were saying though, but what makes me feel better about it is like I love that you're like you're digging in there, and what you find is like, well, I'm a little, I'm pretty playful. Mm-hmm. Like that's your your demon. Yeah, but we were scamps too. I want you to go. You were saying when you went oh, out yeah. with your girls, we oh, were yeah, scamps. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. We were scamps. So I was just noticing that resistance to like, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to go deep. I don't, you know. And I've been processing that. And then of course, you know, once I felt safe after I had been there for like twenty four hours, I my heart started opening, and it ended up being this beautiful retreat. But. Um, I'm, we, it, what made me think of it was we were talking about the, where we, we were somehow talking about like the value of both things. Oh, any, any who's a loser. Any who's a loser. So like 
just playing with both energies of like being very deep, but also having levity. Mm -hmm. And it resulted in Lisa, who is our dear friend and one of the women I was, I was in Joshua tree with gave both of us a really nice compliment, which was that, that you and I balance that really well, Mm. that we will go really deep. And then like the next breath is used to just make a fart sound. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, and and then I talked more about it in therapy and, and you know, it, it's just been coming up a lot that we need to have both energies to feel really grounded and playful and light and have comforts and also know when to explore our edge. Yeah. But I'm realizing age. Well, the comfort informs the ability to explore the edge. Right. Like being silly and safe and feeling secure and attached Literally, like, attached to the earth, attached to your identity, Mm, your family, your city, even. All these things that I can poo-poo as tribalism or ego. And one of the greatest paradoxical examples of this is the more I'm sort of plugged into my work, which which I would be the first to say is not the big picture, Mm -hmm. uh, but that informs my psychology. And when my psychology is at rest... Then I feel free to sort of Sandra Bullock gravity into the into the abyss. Yeah, like I'm not attached to the ship, but excuse me, but I am attached to the ship. Yeah. I'm tethered to myself, and then I feel safe to explore the outer reaches of like what is going on here. Yeah. But that is one of the weird. It's one of the reasons I'm in a really good mood today. Is it's Leela's first day of preschool. Yeah. We literally dropped her off this morning. We can go into more about that. And I, I really, especially, I would love if Leela listens to this podcast when she's in her mm-hmm. uh, teen years or 20s and wants to know what her parents were really like or whatever it might be. I, I'd like to think we would tell her, but she can always have this as a resource. I only say that, not as a narcissist, but as someone who would have liked to listen to what my parents were like yeah. in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, what all that is to say, where was I? <laughs> um, okay. Shit on a shit. Um, I can't remember anything you've said before shit on oh, a shit. <laughs> I, it was Leela's first day of preschool, and I don't want it to sound like I'm complaining, but we didn't have any help. For the past couple of weeks, it's been spotty with help. Mm. And I, to give an example, I have emails regarding my health. Mm-hmm. that have just been like not nothing's wrong with me yeah. but just like you need to make this appointment you need to send this record to this doctor mm-hmm. so they can complete your physical and like it'll just go days emails i, I it's everybody feels like their emails are important and my uh, what i mean is they're not just like what's up man what's going on just like business things uh, things that I used to pride myself on being very quick on the turnaround. Yeah. Hey, we need a rewrite on that scene. And I would send it back that day or the next day. Now we're looking at two weeks. Yeah. Now I'm a guy that you email and go, hey, checking in. And why? And this is why I want to be very clear that I'm not complaining. Because we are most of the time taking care and delighting in mm-hmm. Leela. Taking mm-hmm. care of and delighting in Leela. So our life... I, I get the feeling that sometimes people think I'm big timing them. Mm. Like somebody from my past will email me; it'll take me a week to reply. Oh. And and when I reply and say I'm just taking care of my daughter, I wonder if they believe me. But it's a hundred percent true. Mm. Okay, then. So today is one of the first days that I mean I can hear it in my own voice. I I have my needs are being met, mm. and what are my needs? 
was I wanted to finish that script and send that back in. I wanted to reply to some emails. Mm -hmm. I wanted to meditate and I wanted to read. These are very basic things Mm -hmm. and they really add up to four hours. Well, with the, with the scene, it was like five hours, Mm -hmm. but I needed that so badly. And then as soon as that, those basic needs were met, very earthly stuff. This is the paradox. Then deep, Theological, philosophical, metaphysical, uh, existential ideas make instant sense to me Mm -hmm. because I'm clear. Mm -hmm. It's like I can, it's like literally all the things you have to do are clouds in the sky. And when you move them out of the way, you can see the stars again. Yeah. So I have times and I share this because we do talk about philosophical, spiritual things on this podcast. I'm sure people listening and that listen regularly can identify with some days you hear me say something like, uh, you know, Watchmen is a show about the divine playing hide and seek with itself. And we go, that makes perfect sense. And then there are other days where you just go like, what the fuck are you talking about? That show is about a blue guy with his dick out and, and, (laughs) and racists. And you're like, yeah, both are true. What I'm saying is like, what a strange instrument the human body and the human mind is. Yeah. And I have always loved the name Radiohead for a band that the, the, the head, your consciousness can be tuned to different frequencies. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that turns the dial is just basic ass shit. Mm-hmm. The cliche of the mom that's just like, if I could just have an hour to myself. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's listening, please fight for and, and get that hour if you're able to. Yeah. Um, because I'm currently demonstrating the evidence that that is sometimes all we need. And then the big picture clicks into focus. Yes, definitely. And I, and it is also like the cliche of the, um, like image of a tree being like you, you're grounded and you root down so that you can. That's exactly and, right. And, and you need both. And both are. are oh, that was really exciting. Oh. You just came up with that? Um, I well, mean, that you just found that? Yeah. I, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I, I mean, I consider it a cliche, but maybe it's not. And it, and it is, I mean, the trees are like the ocean. Any metaphor you need for life is is. In a tree. In a tree. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a, an important distinction, and I'm really glad you brought it up, because even doing like difficult emotional work and all of these things that we try to do to heal and grow, I know I can get into a mindset that I think is reminiscent of my religious upbringing, where... And because I know that I'm a nine and I'm, and my downfall is that I'm, I'm, um, trying to always seek comfort and I want to avoid pain. Mm -hmm. I will go so hard the other way thinking that like, if I'm not uncomfortable all the time, then I'm not growing and that's really bad. Mm. And that's, that's just such a rigid, um, sort of. I would argue like misunderstanding of how the healing process works Mm. because I do understand there. And I, I agree with the idea that like you often have to be uncomfortable to grow. If you're comfortable, you won't grow, but I don't, unless you're healing, I think, but I do think that, yeah, I think that what you mentioned is it's, 
I think there's an, a level of safety that is required yeah. to be able to yeah. do a deep dive. And uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, you're going on that journey fed yeah. and rested. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might get worn out and suffer the whole way through, mm. but like, yeah, take care of your stuff first. And even the like suffering the whole way through. So it's like, okay, if I am, if I'm going if I have some pain that is showing up in my body, emotional or physical or whatever, I am going to need to make sure that I am, all my needs are met before I do a deep dive into that. Mm -hmm. And then even when I'm doing a deep dive into it, it's like the discomfort. I'm very aware of the discomfort and I have this other awareness that's like, I can take this. Mm. Like, I'm really scared, but I can take this. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where it's like, I don't think I can take this. Mm. And this is something that my wonderful therapist says, like, no good can come from white knuckling that kind of thing. Mm. So then you get back into like, what does my body need to feel comfortable? And is that enough for the day? Mm. Am I done? Do I need to revisit this? And that agency is more important than anything. And that's what I learned on my Joshua Tree trip. I was like, everybody was having these like beautiful, it seemed like everybody was having these beautiful revelations and being in this really cosmic deep space. And there was laughter and levity too. Mm -hmm. But I was feeling such a resistance to that. (laughs) Um, and And I was like, this is a lot. And so I went and sat in a hammock and listened to a comedy podcast mm. just to like, just which, because which that's what I Which episode of You Made It Weird did you listen oh, to? I listened to all of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you took a four, four month break? Yeah. Cool. In that hammock. Uh-huh. Um, JK, I'm so glad Conan O'Brien needs a friend or your dad wrote a porno. Those are both great podcasts, by the way. It was actually, um, my dad wrote porno. films to be buried with. Uh, <laughs> films to be buried with. Hi. Um, Oi, I'm Brett Goldstein, and these are films to be buried with. Um, yeah, but it, it, um, um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, any whoozle-woozle. any whoozle-woozle, That I love what you just. That said. was exactly the self care that I needed. Valerie, can I? Can I? Can I? You can. I want to offer that when we're talking about like, and we do talk about the virtues of suffering, mm-hmm. and we do talk about the treasure you seek is in the cave you're afraid to go, and all of that is true. And uh, the cracks are how the light gets in and all of these things. They are true. I'm also going to say, add to this conversation, that I think you're probably suffering more than you're even aware of. Mm. As a rule. Mm. Meaning when we're like, oh, we're having this nice, easy day. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm not really suffering. And it's like, yeah, you probably are. Here's why I say that. (laughs) Because, well, first of all, Richard Rohr defines suffering as any time we are out of control. Mm. So that's a very liberal definition of suffering. Uh, but I find it useful. And when I did this weekend in Brea recently, there's been a lot of talk about this weekend in Brea on the Chris Martin episode. I was complaining about how ticket sales were slow. Um, I just did the weekend in Brea. It went well. I would say it went very well. But because it had been almost two years since I had worked a weekend, the, the pandemic struck when I was, I was actually in Cleveland at my hotel the shows were the next day and I flew home 
to, because everything was locked down. I watched as each state by state and eventually Ohio shut down uh, a couple hours after I canceled my show. Mm. But um, And then I flew home. So I was on the road. I was in the middle of a tour. And at that point in my life, touring was pretty normal. Uh, I wasn't really freaking out about ticket sales or, or remembering my set or... I, I, I Actually, I... I want to be clear. I'm aware that it might sound like I'm overly dramatizing what it means to be a comedian. Mm. But I want to be um, gracious and, and pretty liberal in what, I, what professions I would do this for. Preschool teachers, mm. uh, postmen, postwomen, anybody. Mm. I think if you're paying enough attention to what you do at work or for your livelihood, I bet in your body there is... Ex- I'm going to say maybe not extreme, but there's trauma happening. Yeah. And because it had been two years since I had done uh, my weekend, I was so aware uh, in large part, thanks to you, Valerie, somatically in my body, how much I carry stress, even when your job is your dream job. Mm-hmm. First, it started with the ticket sales. When I got the call from the, from the club, by the way, thank you to everybody that came out. The, the turnout was was good. Yeah, they were only at a certain capacity for COVID anyway, and you know, understandably, some people aren't ready to go out, and I completely get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks to everybody that came out. But when I got the call and they were like, "Ticket sales are slow," I felt it in my teeth mm-hmm. because of you. I noticed that like that like headache feeling creeps into your jaw yeah. and and as Chris Martin said it's just like the thing that you do and you know it's not right but you go like I will perform somewhere and the way people show up is how loved I am in this area mm-hmm. and you're like wow I'm not really loved and you know that's mm-hmm. not true but that's how you start to take it sure. in your body of course and then when it came to doing the shows themselves and anybody that does any type of presentation or teachers I'm just trying to broaden it. It's not just show business. But when you're in a boardroom or a, a, a creative room working with other people, with in my case, I'm working with an audience, the level of attention that I'm paying to that audience, microsecond to microsecond to microsecond, noticing like what's working? How drunk are they? Mm. Are they safe? Mm. Is this person in the front row going to be a problem Mm. is that guy with the kevin fetterline hat who's right in my eye line who won't stop talking is he talking loud enough that he's distracting the other people around him and how many minutes do i let it pass before i tell him to shut up Mm. uh it turned out about five minutes and then when everybody clapped i knew i had done the right right thing thing. but it's a lot we call this coyote mode. It's thin, it's lean, and it's fast. And when I got off stage every night, in, and I'd have to do two shows, so it was like driving a race car or something. Mm-hmm. And my body, uh, driving a race car, you are in physical danger, but my body doesn't has no idea that it's not in physical danger. It gets into that fight, flight, freeze sure. mode. Yep. And I'm fight, flight, funny. I, I, I'll be funny. And that'll be how I survive this trauma. I'll perform my way out of this trauma, out of this situation where literally stand-up comedy is the performer is sort of cornered by the audience. Yeah. Like, there's sort of nowhere to go. And sometimes that's literally true. All I'm saying is having taken two breaks off uh, and then doing what used to be very normal to me, I noticed 
tension in my neck, in my face, in my arms. I noticed a disruption in my sleep. Mm. I noticed a, an unceasing quality to my thoughts, mm. which could be productive, but often wasn't productive. Sure. So all of this is to say, no matter what we're doing, even if it is just what we always do, working a night shift in a parking garage, that has unseen uh, shit that you are just used to. Yes. You are just used to. And what I'm offering is, and what I think we learned from the pandemic is, ordinary life is harder than we give it credit. Yeah. And we need more kindness, more self-compassion, more care. It doesn't have to be gratuitous. We don't have to go to spas and stuff necessarily. But sometimes you do just need a little you time. I forget why I started that point, but I'm glad I made it. Because no matter what people are doing out there, even if it seems like, in my case, fancy comedian, must be nice, you get to go and everybody's happy you're there. Well, even that has this like price you pay. Yeah. And even if you're just in a butterfly sanctuary, I guarantee there's something that you can find and your body will find to stress out and freak out and give you a, an over-exaggerated response to in your nervous system. Yeah. Everybody's carrying a burden. That's we should be kind and gentle to ourselves and to one another. That's exactly it. That was the point that you, because I was saying that the self-care was laying in the hammock and looking at uh, or listening to a podcast. Exactly. And it is like, this is why this work of healing is, it's so important. Like attunement is the word. That's, that's the key to all of this is attuning to your body. And that means knowing when you have it in you and when you don't. And teaching right. your body that you will honor its perspective and its and it, you know its voice, what it can handle and what it can't, and that you actually have the choice. So that's the the big scary feeling a lot of times when we go into a, a difficult feeling. Usually, the feeling we have is this is bigger than me. This is going to eat me. Some version of that. Yeah. And so the more we practice choice, even the choice to be like, I, right now I can't actually do this spiritual practice that I usually would love. I I need to like go. Got to pull out. I need to pull out. And, and I listen need to, to, to listen to something to be buried with. I need to listen to the beautiful voice of Brett Goldstein. Thank and, you, Val. Oh. I hope to see you again real soon. <laughs> I'll be shirtless. Okay. All right. This is... Can I add? <laughs> yeah, please. It's what Leela did today. Mm. What we're talking about indirectly. So Leela's first day of preschool was today. So we dropped her off. Um, apologies to her school. They said only one of us could go in. We went ahead and both went in. And they and to their credit. To their credit. They, they didn't... It's we do were anything. it's what we were talking about. Sometimes they're just like we gre we squeaked by and uh, it worked out. It, it mm -hmm. was just too hard. I, when someone, I was waiting for someone to say only one parent, and I would have absolutely walked away. But we, I, it was just too hard. We just we needed to both be there. I really, and frankly, I'm really glad that we did. I was sitting down and trying to model to Leela what it was like to play with kids. I made three friends. Yeah. You were really <laughs> killing it, by the way. I was like... 
This is good. This is like, I think this is your element. Like you're better at this than I am. I would have liked to stay, to stayed and played with the kids all day. Yeah. I just love that. It's a, it is a type of performance. It's improv. You're improvising and you're yes anding and kids are so, can be so good at it. If you model it, you're like a big, tall, deep voiced man and you're getting silly and playing with it. It's like this great power of dads. Not that moms don't also have that power, but I'm speaking from my own experience. But anyway, this is what we're saying in regards to, uh, so the Brea weekend after that weekend, I was like, you know what? Maybe it would have been better because I feel like at every show there were maybe 30 real, real hardcore fans. I'm talking about weirdos in you made it weird t-shirts, uh, people that, knew when I said Val who I meant Mm. 30 out of let's say 150 or whatever it might have been and I was like couldn't I next time I go to Brea just do one night yeah and do it on like a Tuesday Mm -hmm. and then the real fans would come out instead of this has nothing to do with this is no disrespect to Brea or the club system in general but instead of just like being the weekend be at one special event and visit those fans that live in that area. Same. Yeah. It's what we did when we did St. Louis. We did the Firebird. You do a rock club. Do one night. Do it for the people. That, what I'm saying is, that is a way that I can love the self, the soft animal of my body. Yeah. That's a Mary Oliver uh, ref. But with Leela, yeah. you and I decided that we were ready for whatever she needed. Yeah. We believe that she's strong. I believe that I'm strong. We believe that she's brave. I believe that I'm brave. Mm. And I also believe that if she never settled down, we'd get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And you know what? I'll burn down the city of Los Angeles (laughs) if that's what it takes. And this isn't just like, you know, hyper, it is hyperbole, but I mean like, I'm trying to get us, love yourself if I'm giving advice and I'm speaking to myself. Like I love Leela. Meaning, if it's not working, where is it written in stone Mm. that she has to stay Mm -hmm. in preschool Mm -hmm. on her first day? If it's a 10 out of 10 freak out, we're going to get the fuck out of here. And what we said when we left, we're going to call at noon, Mm -hmm. which is what we did. And if she's not adjusting... We will go and get her. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can hear maybe, I can feel some people are like, well, what about grit? What about stick to or whatever it might mm-hmm. be? Or perseverance. Yes. She's also three. Yeah. And you know what else is three years old? The part of me that's scared mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get so much value out of the inner child uh, metaphor or the image of, of reparenting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know we mentioned it a lot, but Laura, Laura Bites, our friend, see, saw how we were with Leela and she's like, that's how I'm going to be to myself. Yeah. It's like just witnessing how you're feeling yeah. and demonstrating, and this brings it for full circle, demonstrating if you need to get out of here mm-hmm. because you are having like uh, an uh, irreconcilable uh, fear and freak out. Yeah. We will go and get ice cream. We won't just leave and be quiet in the dark house, kind of mad at our failure. Yeah. We'll go get ice cream. Yes. And we'll celebrate that sometimes you go, let's get the fuck out of here. Judd Apatow has that great stand-up bit where he was doing a, a benefit and he he hadn't done stand-up I in a while. This bit. It's it's in his special, which is on Netflix. He's he's gonna do stand-up. 
He hasn't prepared. And then it is the most – like he hasn't done stand-up in a while. It's the most preposterous lineup in the world. It's like Paul Simon, Steve Martin, Bruce Springsteen. The edge goes up. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you're next. Mm-hmm. And backstage, he looked to his daughter, Maud, hoping that she would encourage him. He was getting more and more nervous. I mean, I don't want to follow these people. And, and like, it might as well have been Eddie Murphy goes up. And, yeah. like, people are freaking out. And Judd is next. And he looks to Maud, and he's, like, hoping that she'll be like, you can do it. And she just goes, don't do it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they, he, he yeah, did. That's how the story goes. That's how the story goes. He leaves. And this is nice, because this podcast, especially when I'm flared up and lit up like Christmas on the inside, which means rested and in my power and affirmed and all these things and loved and feeling safe. I can be very like, go for it. Slay the dragon. Go in the darkness. Fight, fight, fight. Break yourself. Let yourself die. Be reborn. And sometimes it's Maude Apatow just going, don't do it. (laughs) And like, I can maybe... People are like, well, that's a very namby-pamby, if that's a thing you can still say, <laughs> uh, way of raising your child. And I'm like, you're goddamn fucking right. And yeah. I'm namby-pamby as fuck with myself. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Western expectations, male expectations, I'm doing okay in the Western model and the male model. So get in line to kiss my ginger sweet candy, <laughs> slightly damp, but talks. Slightly damp? They're slightly damp right now. Oh wow! It's it, hot. There's a glaze. It's, really it's pretty hot in here. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I just talked for 45 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. You just go. Yeah. Anyway. Any- anyway. Um. No. I love all of that, and I do think that you know it's. This is such a side note, but I do. I feel like when it comes to like parenting, especially, I do want to recognize like. It, of course, is also a privilege that we both are able to be like, we'll, we'll not send you to preschool because we don't have jobs that we have to oh, hear that. go to. Like some, some people are having to leave their crying child in preschool because they have to get to work and there's, there's no great. other option. That's really great. So and I, now I feel sort of like a piece of shit I'm really, I really didn't want you to... to I, also, I forgot to stick the landing. Because Leela knows... I think just on an energetic level that we will leave. Yes. She doesn't leave. Yes. It's not your friend's help that helps you. It's knowing that your friends will help you that helps you. That is exactly what I said to Lisa in Joshua Tree where I was like, it. I used the Brody example. Our dog? Yeah, which is, is when we first got Brody. Is it okay if I share that? I don't think there's anything you can't say other <laughs> yeah. than that weird little freckle I have on the inside of my butt cheek that looks like a speck of shit. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, I won't. Thank you. Um, but I, when we got Brody, I, it was a bad design because I just, like, I've had dogs my whole life. I was like, who, like, we're going to get a dog. You're going to love having a dog. Everybody loves dogs. Uh, it's not a big deal. You just, like, kind of have them around in the house and you don't. You, like, notice them when you want to. You know, that's how we always had dogs. Um, And so we got a dog, and maybe a week later, I went to visit my parents and left you alone with the dog. Mm -hmm. And by the time I came back, you were really freaked out by the commitment of having a dog. Which, by the way, the first time I ever got a puppy, I 
as an adult, so it was me fully taking care of a puppy, which puppies are pretty much the same as newborn children. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of similarities. They have to eat all the time and pee all the time, and it's nuts. Um, I also had a full-on we made a terrible mistake moment. So it's really common. It's very likely. And Brody was not just walking around sniffing stuff. He He was whimpering. Having diarrhea. Horrible diarrhea constantly. He had unbelievable separation anxiety. Yeah. So I wasn't just like, Oh, I have the week off. Like if you let me alone with Brody now, I would be like, you're not leaving me with Brody. You're leaving me at home alone and I can do anything that I want. Yes. Including hang out with Brody, but that he's now very chill. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So he was rescue and he, he definitely had some anxiety about it. So we got back and you were like, uh, like you looked so tired and sad and scared. I was scared because we had Instagrammed it and I was like, we can't give him back. I kept thinking about how horrible people are online to... Yeah. somewhat famous people that give back dogs. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. And so you were like, I don't know. I don't think I like it. It was so sweet and so vulnerable. And I, and I meant this at the time, and I also knew it probably wasn't going to come to this. But I was like, the first thing you should know is we can give him to another loving family. Like... That well, that was one of the worst parts. Was thinking that there was no option, and that's, just that's knowing, what I mean. yeah, that's what I'm okay. Now we're in the bacon, bacon. That's the bacon, bacon. So, so that I said that, and then we also like sent. I him. remember that made me feel better immediately. Yes, and I didn't want to give him back. No, but knowing just, that we could, knowing that we could, held revealed how you actually truly felt about the whole thing, right? And I think that is that's goes back to what you were saying about Leela, just knowing that. And even when I left, I said, if you get really sad, tell your teacher and she'll call us and we'll come. Yeah. So, like, I wanted it to be very clear. Which, that by the way, I did all the time in, and, like, fifth grade. I'd just go to the pay. I wouldn't even tell my teacher. I'd go to the pay phone yeah. with a quarter or a dime. It was the 80s. Mm. And call my mom and just leave. I know. And So I had a little bit maybe... Well, no, I like how I, I was. I see how I actually, I could hear a whole argument on like how that was maybe too much to do on your mom's part to like indulge in that. And I would, I would be like, yeah, those are all great points. And now having my own child, I'm like, I kind of love that your mom was like, yeah, I'll come and get you. But that same, look, not to make it about my smelling my own farts, as they might say in a David Mamet movie, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that same kid... One, it's all about attachment. Yeah. Knowing I could go to the payphone, meaning mm-hmm. I didn't even have to go to the principal's office. I just go to the payphone mm-hmm. and call the number, mm-hmm. which I still know by heart, of course. And you didn't even have to use the area code back then. It was great. It was seven digits. I love it. Uh, made me into a kid that then shortly after that went to sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. My brother never went to sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. That was that was like a scary thing. Yeah. And fucking loved it. There was no Camp Granada. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. I was in. I was the king of camp. I love camp. Camp changed too. my life. 14 years in a row. Camp me. taught me. Yeah, exactly. But not even, it was, it was Quaker camp, thank goodness, that, that taught me improv and 
card games and magic, and it changed my... I was camp cool. We did a monologue about it on the Pete Holmes show. Camp cool. I wasn't high school cool. I was camp cool. <laughs> and if I have to choose between the two, camp cool, making friendship bracelets, stealing canoes. That was so much better than whatever the fuck... The, I still don't know what the cool kids were doing. Smoking, menthol, cigarettes? In I'm high not school? sure. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. Finger banging. Um, <laughs> so, camp cool. And then when I was... 16 no yeah 17 i went to the amazon Mm. for three weeks living with the yanomami indians then when i was 18 i went to uganda for three weeks like yeah this was a this this is what i'm what we're both trying to say not just about our daughter and not just about ourselves is that we have this thing of like stiff upper lip bootstrap Suffer through. Mm-hmm. You don't need less. You need more fear, more suffering, more fighting, more resistance. It's going to build up your muscles and all that stuff. But what we're, what I think we've been saying this whole time is, the will and the and the drive to develop that grit comes from being securely attached. Agreed. And yep. knowing that mommy will, and I'm saying mommy deliberately, I'm not trying to condescend to my child self. I called her mommy. Mommy <laughs> will come and get me. Yeah. And even in Africa, it would have taken a lot, but I'm like, I can get the fuck out of here and you don't get out of here. And it's all back to Brody. You can give the dog back. We yeah. will swallow that shame, even though it seemed like admitting I had murdered a dog or something. It was yeah. like the worst thing I could have imagined. Well, when, but that's what stress and anxiety does. You that's go like, exactly what I was going to say. You're when you're in that clear. mind state, you really think, you're thinking cat- catastrophe thinking. So there is just no, it's like when I'm anxious, if somebody gives me like CBD or or some, not not even CBD, like just some like. You can say CBD. Are you saying, are you worried because it's a sponsor? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I love Ned and Co. And, and it's a wonderful thing. But I know what you mean. Yes. There's nothing that will completely shut off every way you feel, including something stronger than CBD, weed. Yeah. Like, I've eaten an edible being like, this will save me. And it's like, no, this is going to turn up the volume on all your shit show right now. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yes. And the other the point I was making was that even if it does help me. If I take something in that mindset, I am so worried. I I won't want to take something that I know is going to help me because in that mindset, I'm like, it's going to make it worse. Yeah. Like, because in that, when you get in that, like, full possessed by anxiety mindset, you really don't think there's a way out. You think this is forever. There's anything that somebody's offering you that's going to help is is not going to help. Well, that happened recently. I think when you're in that mindset, now I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sorry, that's my phone. make sure it's not It's my doctor phone. again. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, should I take it? <laughs> I'll get it later. Oh, uh, they called twice. Do you just, should we pause? We'll pause. Okay. Gosh, and it was we're the back. And my cholesterol's a little high. <laughs> your bad cholesterol's high, your good cholesterol's low. A little low. It should be between 30 and 70, and it's 40. Yes, but that's the, pretty low. But the bad cholesterol, she kind of was like. She was like, yikes. <laughs> and you know what it is? My, my bad veganism really bit me in the butt because for a time there, this is boring, but during the pandemic, I was just eating eggs every morning. And how many eggs were you eating? 
I don't want to say that. Okay. Okay, it was three eggs. Yeah. Because I always heard the expression three egg omelet. Uh, totally. I think that's... Toastily. I just, I uh, feel like it's it's helpful we'll for get people the, to know. Get the fuck out of those eggs. Yeah. All I you mean, have to do is not eat eggs and probably keep doing your cardio and that'll go down. I'm sorry, did you bring up how I <laughs> rip ass on the treadmill? <laughs> and my vitamins are great. Yeah, vitamins are great. I mean... I don't want to mention a specific sponsor, but I think that made a difference because every other time I've had my uh, blood looked at, they're like, you have no vitamin D, you have no B12, and she specifically mentioned those. So anyway, that's nice. Yeah. What were All we right. saying? Um, and we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to go pick up our daughter. I know. Okay. But we were saying everybody has we're an unseen saying, burden. We're saying yeah, everything and is also harder than just you think. like don't underestimate the self love of being like, hey, we whatever your version of, hey, if you need to, we can get the fuck out of here, is like a, some of the most loving uh, action you can take yeah. for, for yourself and for others. Sometimes, and to me, that's like a benefit of masculine energy. Because, you know, we think of feminine energy when we think of healing, or I do, which is very much like flowy and attuning. You're right, but the healing of let's get the fuck out of here. Like, nope, we're calling it, round them up, this is enough. Fuck it, we'll do it live. But the opposite, (laughs) fuck it, we're not going to do it live. Yeah. That's really funny. Maybe to close here, and I'm sorry that the phone call, I I just, you know, you worry you're not going to be able to get your doctor on the phone again. So sorry about that, everybody. I went into... After school, I, dropping Leela off, which, by the way, she did really well. She had a little cry, but then she waved goodbye and was making little friends, and I'm just so proud of her. Yeah. I really, really had to pee, and I ducked into a yoga studio, thinking they might mm-hmm. be eco-groovy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bathroom door was right there, and I said, Hi, sorry, um, can I just use your bathroom? I really have to go to the bathroom. And she was like, Oh, sorry, it's... It's uh, it's our policy to uh, it's it's for students only or something. This is like eight thirty in the morning, nine in the morning, mm-hmm. and I maybe I'm an asshole, but I went. How many opportunities do you get in a day to be kind? That's what they said. <laughs> Thinking like you devil. That's gonna get her. That's definitely gonna like because if somebody said I, I want to think that if somebody said, hey, take a minute, you have a bathroom, someone is suffering. No one needs to know. Mm-hmm. No one's here. Mm-hmm. It was not even open yet. I was like, kind of like poking my head into a dark place, like a closed place or a place that w- was opening. And she and then she blamed COVID. She was like, "It's because of COVID. It's our COVID policy." And I was just like, "No, it's not. It's. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that that's the excuse, but what it is is like just like a rigidity of policy. Yeah. And then you, and the reason I bring this up isn't to be a curmudgeon because if I was her, I could so easily tell the story of some asshole who walked in and it was closed and freaked me out. What's he even doing here? And I'm alone and I don't like like I completely under I I don't completely, but I can at least partially understand and sympathize and have compassion. So I'm not saying like what a rube this person was or what an idiot or like how not kind that was. She just spoke her truth. And then, you know, for the next hour I held it and it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was, I I was sort of, it was an exaggerated need. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, she, uh, you were talking about our friend David Vanderveen, who did this podcast, Mm -hmm. who is a great example 
He's so brave. Mm-hmm. He takes me free diving sometimes, and he goes fearlessly through underwater caves yeah. that I freak out and like bail on. Yeah. He's just going. He's just such a great dad energy. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that was talking about like the wisdom of knowing when an allowance can be made. Yep. And you gave the example of like, you can't walk on the grass in the quad. This is the example that he gave and I'm going to kind of botch it, but it was something about like, if the policy is you can't walk on the grass in the quad and it's like, so the policy is for the whole. And if the individual does it, then the whole will do it. It's like, well, if I let you use the bathroom, if everyone I, is going to Well, that is sort of the it. fantasy in the situation. I use the bathroom, and then as, as I'm coming out, I go, hope you don't mind. I have 75 friends with diarrhea that need the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. and you just broke the policy. Yes. So you can't pretend that that policy matters because you've just demonstrated that it does not matter. So I hope you like cleaning up Jackson Poopick. <laughs> That's like Pucasso. Pucasso. That's right. Your thing. I remember. Um, But I think I'm getting this right. If I'm not, then this is another point that I think is accurate. But it is kind of... And this, again, this sort of entitlement is like... Every once in a while, you want a little dash of this kind of entitlement. It's not like something you should always do, potentially. But the point of this was... You know, so if you want to walk on the quad and it's the whole isn't allowed to, so the individual can't be allowed to because then the whole will want to. But if no one sees the individual doing it, right. then nothing is actually happening. So if she let you use <laughs> Policy, the bathroom. Policies exist for the whole. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Policies exist for the whole. Yeah. I am just an individual. Yeah. And I am in, I need, I just need the bathroom. And, and you always want to say, in the time it took for us to say this, I could have peed. It was just a pee pee. Yeah. And it's the, just a pee pee. And in that up. situation, it, it's perfect because it's like if there were a line of five other people behind you that were all wanting to use the bathroom, totally in bounds. That doesn't work. And you even said, if she said, I would, but my manager just gave me a hard time about this. Yeah. And like, it's a problem and I, I get yelled at. Now we're one for one. I have to pee and you have to not be yelled at that and there's yes, a logic there's to a it. human a human connection about it because that i was like we were being compassionate and i was like it could be any number of things she could be new she could have just gotten scolded for letting i also want to say i wasn't rude I, I, it, it was arguably a little manipulative to say please be kind yeah i yeah. I, I, i'll concede that but i don't think there was anything wrong with that i mean only that my intent was to get her to do do what I wanted her to do, sure. I suppose. Yeah, sure. I, I did mean it. Yeah. I actually, I, this sounds phony, fuck myself up my own butt, but it's <laughs> uh-huh. like, <laughs> but I did mean, sometimes at the end of the day I go, as I always say, why did I honk at that guy on Christmas Eve? Meaning... What are we doing acting like there's 75 opportunities to be kind in a day? Mm-hmm. That's why, like, when the GoFundMe comes through your Facebook feed or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like, it, don't, don't act or, or somebody even better asks you for something that's easy to give. Yes. And it, like, don't rob yourself of the pleasure. It's like what Byron Katie in one of her books, somebody once, uh, an unstable person who had a, 
I don't know, an episode, had a gun pointed at her. Yeah. And she didn't want him to shoot her, but because she didn't want him to have the 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 horribleness, the suffering of having murdered someone. Yeah. That's a real enlightened master right there. I would be like, maybe it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Like, (laughs) I don't want to die. This is mutually not beneficial. Let's really think about both sides of this. (laughs) I have a dinner plan tonight, and you don't want to walk around with the burden of having shot me. (laughs) Yes. Um, Anyway, this was a great episode, and I do want to circle back and say I want to um, concede and, and check my privilege that I'm like I'll just scoop up my daughter and take her home with me Aww. but I also want to say that would have been deeply inconvenient for us as well because mm-hmm. the whole point of this episode was listen to how excited and alive we both are <laughs> because for the first time in a couple weeks we got some rest yeah and and it really was rest and a break uh, and again i love you leela and I, I would do anything for you and i'd i'd become a shadow of myself for the rest of my life for you <laughs> but now that i'm feeling full of life i'm like oh how nice it can be to have just a little time yeah absolutely i i mean we wouldn't be able to record this if she wasn't at preschool right now so and how many times have the past episodes been recorded in stolen moments of like we we I mean, it was hard to get episodes out this week. That's why we released the live one on one of the Fridays, because we couldn't do it. There was no option, yeah. So even even Hollywood jerks like myself are ragged to the bone. So, every, every, <laughs> so everybody, everybody... be easy be on Be easy yourselves. on everybody. Yes. Be easy on everybody, including yeah. Hollywood jerks, because we're all in this together. Yeah. All right. I don't have a poem, do you? I don't have a poem today. Mm. Um, I mean... Beans, beans, the musical fruit. (laughs) The more you... Don't rush it. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel. Beans, beans, with every meal. Keep it crispy. crispy. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Lots, lots... I'm not going to say lots of love, but I, I'm thinking it. Mm. So crispy, my ice